The International PharmaTalks podcast is powered by ELS Solutions Group. If you would like to engage directly with ELS Solutions and receive advisory from regulatory, distribution, or pipeline in international business, please visit elssolutions.com.br slash en. Welcome to the International Pharma Talks podcast. I'm your host, Diogo Souza Martins, and in this podcast, we will dive deep into the world of healthcare international business, where you will learn strategies and action plans to help you navigate through your internationalization program and achieve the best results. Welcome to the International Pharma Talks podcast, your source of valuable information on the world pharma and healthcare international business. I'm your host, Diogo Souza Martins, and today we'll be discussing probiotics in food, their importance, the market, and regulatory challenges. So let's dive right in, in towards this important topic. To begin with, uh, let's define probiotics. According to the Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, and the World Health Organization, Probiotics are live microorganisms that, when administered in adequate amounts, they do confer health benefits. While commonly associated with their use in foods, it's crucial to note that probiotics can also be applied in other regulated product categories, such as medications and animal feed. Qualifying a probiotic strain for use in food requires meeting certain criteria. In summary, the microorganism must be sufficiently characterized, safe for the intended use, have proven efficacy based on at least one clinical trial, and be able to remain viable and in effective dose throughout the product's shelf life. These criteria ensure the appropriate use of the term in scientific publications, product labels or communications with regulatory bodies, and the general population. The most commonly used microorganisms as probiotics belong to the Lactobacillus and Bifidobacterium genera. However, other microorganisms such as species from the Bacillus, Enterococcus, Escherichia coli, and yeast species like Saccharomyces boulardii have also been increasingly used in or utilizing recent years. The use of probiotics in food is motivated by the health benefits they provide when consumed. Due to the genetic, biochemical, and physiological differences between strains of the same species, these benefits are generally considered strain-specific, although some effects can be attributed to groups of microorganisms. It's also important to note that the effects are dose-specific and much debate revolves around the impacts of genetic variations, processing, and formulation on the safety and efficacy of probiotics products. The evidence of probiotics' impact on various human health outcomes include gastrointestinal and immune conditions as well. The World Gastroenterology Organization recognizes the clinical importance of these microorganisms in the treatment, prevention, 
and risk reduction of several health conditions such as diarrhea, inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome or infant colic, also lactose malabsorption, necrotizing enterocolitis and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. The mechanisms through which probiotics exert their beneficial effects are not fully understood at its 100%. However, the key components include their interaction with the immune system, strengthening of the mucosal barrier, the exclusion and inhibition of pathogens, the production of bioactive substances, and the impact of the colonizing microbiota. Considering these factors, the overall health benefit mediated by a probiotic is believed to be the result of multiple relevant mechanisms as well. As research on probiotics continues to grow each year, it's clear that interest in these beneficial microorganisms is on the rise. A search for the term probiotic in Medline or PubMed databases conducted on, you know, early this year revealed over 40,000 publications related to the topic. Aligned with the research and innovation, the global probiotic market has also been expanding promisingly. In 2021, so two years ago, the market size was valued at $58 billion, with an expected compound annual growth rate of around 8% from 2021 to 2030. The recent coronavirus pandemic seems to have fueled the demand for these products, especially due, due to their potential health and immunity specifically effects. Given the growing interest in probiotic containing foods and the lack of consensus on methodologies to evaluate their efficacy and safety, the Food and Agriculture Organization and the World Health Organization as well decided to examine the available scientific evidence on the use of probiotics in food. These efforts resulted in the publication of the report of a joint FAO or World Health Organization expert consultation on the evaluation of health and nutritional properties of probiotics in food, including power milk with live lactic acid bacteria, and also the report of a joint food agriculture organization and World Health Organization working group on drafting guidelines for the evaluation of probiotics in foods. So these guidelines have guided the development and improvement of regulations of worldwide. However, significant efforts are still needed to achieve greater international convergence. Despite these guidelines, divergent regulatory approaches can be observed regarding classification, the definition, permitted microorganisms, conditions of use, labeling requirements, use of health claims, criteria for substantiation and classification, as well as some administrative processes for market access. These differences create a market barrier that somehow incentivizes the regulated sector to explore regulatory disparities to market probiotics products globally. In Brazil, for example, the health agency Anvisa 
is responsible for regulating probiotics for use in food. According to Anvisa, the use of probiotics in food requires prior demonstration of their safety and health benefits through an evaluation process conducted by the agency. However, despite having a robust regulatory framework to guide evaluation requests, the processes often face technical requirements, leading to around 69% of submissions from the regulated sector being denied in, in recent years, from 2021. So, companies aiming to expand their presence in the international probiotics market must be fully aware and prepared to comply with specific regulations in each country. We also advise to seek specialized assistance in internationalization that can simplify and expedite the process, ensuring the successful fulfillment of all the requirements and enabling the legal and safe commercialization of the new probiotic strains and products. That concludes today's episode. We hope you found this information insightful and that it sparks your curiosity about the fascinating world of probiotics. Stay tuned for future episodes where we'll continue to explore the latest research, the industry trends, and everything you need to know about international pharma and healthcare business. Thank you for joining us on this episode of International Pharma Talks podcast. For more episodes and to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, please direct to iTunes or Spotify. If you wish to develop your international program or to register or distribute your products in another market, please consult elssolutions.com.br/en.